Okay. So here we are. Uh, this is day 15 of my Camino on a treadmill. And for BK Lee, whose video I'm following, it's his day four. From Pamplona to Puente La Reina. Okay. So as you might guess from my voice, this is definitely in the morning because slower than usual. I need to put my glasses on here. For anyone who imagined me as some rugged kind of hunk uh, with no glasses, sorry to disappoint. Hold on a sec now, it says Pamplona to Zabriquegi is the first town. He's way outside Z Pamplona. Interesting. Just checking that I didn't miss anything. No, I didn't. Okay, let's just roll with it. I remember my um, first day after Pamplona, I my knees were killing me. I just got my new sticks and I only walked six kilometers to um, the next town. What was it called again? The word Caesar is in my head, but it was nothing to do with Caesar. Uh, see, I don't do any research before doing this. I just get up and get up on the treadmill. I was saying earlier that, you know, you don't picture me as a hunk now that I, you know I've glasses on, but think Harrison Ford in, uh, in um, Indiana, as Indiana Jones, didn't he wear eyeglasses? I think you'll find he did. So don't give up hope just yet. So the point he's at now is after that place I'm pretty sure that I stayed in outside, that I walked to from Pamplona. But it's, it's dark though. I mean, it's early morning, or else it's really overcast. In Spain, that is. It's early morning here as well. It is 7.30. I somehow managed to crawl out of bed at 7 a.m. this morning. Uh, my cat Bobby woke me up before that. That's his latest thing, wakes me up and keeps making noise until I follow him downstairs to find there is food in his bowl. And then he starts eating it. I'm like, uh, why did you wake me up? Anyway, got me up for this. Maybe that's what he wants. I don't think so though, because then just before I got on the treadmill, he was kind of signaling to me to come on, follow him upstairs, give him a little TLC. He's a spoiled cat. He's running my house. My other little cat, Bessie, is much easier going. Although I think she may have woken me up in the middle of the night too. My mother says I should leave them downstairs. Sometimes I do, but if I can't sleep, then I let them up because they actually help me get to sleep. <laughs> I'm really not uh, projecting a great image of myself here, am I? Maybe I am. Depends on your perspective. I do love my cats. It has to be said. Ah, oh, the sound of the sticks clicking. And it looks misty here. Um, how do I turn my brightness up here? I'm afraid to do it. If I hit the wrong button, it will skip. The video will skip. I've got a sunlight on in front of me, as in a sad lamp, rather, not like a tanning light. 
So I'll tell you the story about the place I stayed in. I was looking forward to passing through it and telling you the story, a place just six kilometers outside Pamplona. And uh, so I, I got there, I just walked six kilometers, maybe eight, with my sticks, checked in there, and met a guy called Mark from New Zealand. Nice guy. This, he was doing his second Camino. And uh, he had done it a year before. <clears throat> and he could afford to do other things, but he chose to put himself through this again. He did say on day one, going over the Pyrenees, he thought to himself, why am I doing this to myself? So anyway, I uh, went for pilgrim's meal with him. That was one of those pilgrim's meals where they put a whole bottle of wine down in front of us, which for some people isn't a lot, but I mean, half a bottle of wine. We had had a beer or two before that, that's right. So, But half a bottle of wine and a couple of beers, for me anyway, and getting up early and doing the Camino, that's too much. I've said that to a good few Irish people who say, oh, that's nothing. But we have a strange attitude to such matters in this country. Well, I think it's a Northern European thing in general. BK is stopping. He started again. I wonder, was he wondering, was he on the right track? He's on his own. It's early in the morning. The sun is creeping into the sky. Should be rising behind him. If it's not, he could be. He would be going the wrong way. So, so Mark and I had the um, pilgrims' meal together, and um, there was a guy there. Uh, it's about the only face I can remember from that place outside Pamplona where I stayed who, he was a tall, muscly German guy. Pretty sure he was German. With a kind of blonde hair in that kind of spiky, oh, I was gonna say Schwarzenegger style. No, like Ivan Dragov in Rocky IV, who's come up in my podcast before. That's the look he was, he was rocking that look. And, a couple of times I said hello to him, and he looked right through me. Grr. Another thing that gets my goat, that grinds my gears. And uh, as, what's his name from Family Guy would say? Can't remember his name. I, I got tired of that show. I got tired of it because it was just so um, misanthropic. So, too much for me. I'm misanthropic enough without, without watching that. I can remember pretty much, I'm gonna say the last time I watched the show, but I've probably seen some since, but I don't make a habit of it. Um, he wanted, Peter, Peter Griffin, that's it, he wanted to get Lois down into the basement for some reason. And she's at the top of the stairs. And he goes, Lois, are you, are you pregnant? She goes, no. And I'm thinking, if you push her down the stairs, I, I have to stop watching this crap. And of course he did. But I know the uh, creator of the show thinks, actually lots of people think that's anything goes with comedy. And I'm not, it's not political correctness for me, it's just, that kind of violence, it is a violent image. And there's enough women getting, you know, beaten up or whatever that, okay, I don't find it funny anyway. And uh, I think it's the fact that the show was just full of nasty things like that. That makes me feel like the writer isn't that happy, but I don't know. He's got more money than me, I'll give him that. 
And, come to think of it, I'm not ecstatically happy all the time. I'm not a happy, clappy agnostic. I keep coming back to this. You only get happy, clappy Christians, not happy, clappy atheists. And come, I mean, come to think of it, agnostics. I think agnostics would just be sort of clapping and stopping and clapping and stopping, kind of going, why am I doing this? Be like Jerry Seinfeld talks about the reluctant, um, you know, when they're doing the standing ovation. Let me put my speed up to 4.4. Oh my God, disaster. I'm not carrying my phone. This is one of the most dramatic things that has happened so far. I've walked nearly 12 minutes without carrying my step counting phone. So Google Analytics, some alarm will go off saying this guy is, uh, is useless. Don't give him health insurance. I've nowhere to carry it. I just have these short running pants and a t-shirt. Okay, I'll carry it in my hand. And uh, where was I? Yeah, I'm trying to get closer to the mic. Okay. So where was I? Peter Griffin, Family Guy. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld. Happy, clappy agnostics. Let's roll with that one for a while. So Seinfeld was talking about standing ovations. You know that feeling when you see everybody standing up around you at the theater, clapping? He said, there's always one or two guys kind of, oh, we're really doing this now? Okay. Get slowly to their feet. It's, it takes a lot of guts to stay seated when you don't believe it deserves a standing ovation. As my friend Mike, who works in theater, says, standing ovations are too a penny nowadays. They've lost their currency. Anyway, I met this German guy. Am I going back to that now? Can I get any further with happy, clappy atheists? Yeah, just, I think the happy, clappy atheists are the, sorry, agnostics. The happy, clappy agnostics are the ones who are saying, are we doing this now? Half-hearted clap. Um, so, German guy. Big mofo. That's not, that's not a bad word, is it? Big guy, big dude. And a couple of times I said hello to him. Possibly, I think, I think that's an Irish thing. Maybe it's a needy thing, maybe it's both. Uh, maybe it's just plain old fashioned politeness. Anyway. Oh, I gotta stop saying anywho. That is the most unfunny thing in the world. Like, I was thinking the other day, why am I saying that? I don't normally say it. It's like, okay, the first time somebody said anywho, ironically, it must have been funny. I think the first time I heard it, ironically, I was like, that's hilarious. And it's been said so much since, and now I've started saying it on my treadmill. I'm like, it reminds me of, a certain type of guy who has no, usually hangs out in packs, usually is maybe a little bit alpha, but has no absolute sense of humor of his own. No discernible, shall we say, sense of humor of his own. I don't know what goes on in his head. Maybe he's cracking great jokes in there that he's afraid to share with us. But this type of gentleman, um, what they're known for, what they will do to replace an actual sense of humor is they'll repeat something from television, some sort of meme, what they call it nowadays, but it, just a kind of a catchphrase or a little routine. In the old days, when I was a young fella, one of the routines I would hear, although it was sometimes from people older than me, was the um, the four Yorkshiremen routine 
Yeah, no, I would have heard that a lot when I was in my 20s, maybe. Even though that's from Monty Python back in the 70s, wasn't it? But um, it's this whole comedy routine about four Yorkshiremen boasting about how poor they were when they were kids and outdoing each other. I'm, I'm not going to try and do it, and I don't even remember the whole routine, but luxury, that was one word that got repeated a lot, and I'm, my Yorkshire accent needs some work. But you'd hear guys sometimes repeating that. A couple of guys gang up together and start repeating the whole routine over and over again to demonstrate to the gathered people that, hey, we're, we have a sense of humour. Uh, I actually was going to put that in a scene from this famous novel that I'm allegedly writing at the moment. I had this humourless character arrive with his coterie. Coterie, is that how they pronounce it? Another of those words known to appear more in print than coming out of people's mouths, at least in the circles I move in. <laughs> I don't move in any circles. What am I on about? I mean, I move in a dot. Well, okay, I move in a circle the size of my house with two cats in it. And I visit my folks every so often. Uh, that's my circle. I ain't complaining, I'm just stating the fact. I'm considering broadening. Under lockdown, it's kind of nice. You don't have to, you don't have to, uh, you say, hey, I'm at a small circle, because you know I'm like under lockdown. People protesting in Dublin recently about lockdown. Not wanting to wear masks, not wanting the government to take over their lives, not wanting to be vaccinated. That kind of stuff has been around for years. I won't get into it. Uh, and I'm going severely off on multiple tangents now. Let's claw my way back to something sensible. I know I was talking to the German guy. Then I went talking about... I thought I was saying something interesting. Oh, of course, yeah. People who think they're funny just because they repeat a comic routine. The, I was going to put the four Yorkshiremen thing in my in my uh, book, but I realized the characters are in question are about mid-30s. I'm like 49. <clears throat> a young-looking 49, I dare say. And um, young at heart as well. Just put that out there. And uh, mid-30s. I'm like a set roughly around now. Bit tricky. I would have actually said it specifically now, but then COVID came. I'm not. It's not a COVID book. So it's roughly around now. It's probably a couple of years ago. I won't really get into the... I don't specify the exact date. I mean, maybe I will in the next pass, once I figure out what I'm actually writing. But these characters come in, so instead of the Yorkshireman, I, I emailed my editor in London, who's 29. He said, he's familiar with it, but he's dating a, a, a Yorkshire lady. I ended up going with a friend from the Inbetweeners. I thought that's the kind of thing he, this character might repeat with his friends. If anyone has seen the Inbetweeners, they'll know it. Oh, friend. Oh, friend. Friend. They kind of alternate friend and friend. And in context, it's quite funny, but I don't know. I haven't actually seen someone doing this out of context. Uh, to wit, the small circle I'm moving. But. I could imagine. It's perfect for this routine. It's like you don't you don't even have to learn more than one word to do this one, to pretend you have a sense of humor. And they're just saying it to each other and peeing themselves laughing. Hola, buen camino. And uh, yes, hilarious. Um, 
Now, let me claw my way back to the German guy who looks like Ivan Dragov from uh, Rocky IV. I thought he was Russian because he was hanging out with a few people, one of whom was a young Russian woman by the name of Nadia. Uh, but no, I, he was on his own, I think. So anyway, I wake up the next morning right in this place just outside Pamplona. I'm like, oh God, I only walk six kilometers. I have to, um, I have to uh, uh, make up for it. So I set my alarm for 5.30 a.m. Crazy. I mean, for me, that's absolutely insane behavior. That's, you know, send the men in white coats behavior. But even for the hardened Camino heads, it seems to be like most of them seem to get up at 6.30 and hit the road immediately. I'm so slow in the mornings though, that, that yeah, if I get up at 6.30, I could be, won't be on the road until 7 or 7.30, I think. It's all a blur, actually. Even right now, it's early morning and my mind is a blur. There's some light creeping into the sky here uh, on BK's route, walking along a narrow lane. So there's a plane flying overhead, I think. Or is it a, ca a car? A vehicle? A vehicle, as some people are known to say. Uh, um, Ankle was itchy there. That was itchy ankle and treadmill do not go that well together, especially mid-broadcast when everyone's hanging on your every word. So um, this dude, anyway, even drag. Let's call him even drag off. He. Uh, so I wake up 5:30. Alarm goes off. I when I hit the button, I must have hit the snooze button, not the um, stop button. And I somehow get straight up, go to the bathroom, do my teeth and other sundry business. And I think as I passed Ivan Dragov, I don't know how he fit in the bed. My memory, he was massive. Maybe they gave him a special bed. I could see the blonde sculpted head moving. Did he say something when I passed him then? I'm not sure, he grunted or whatever. So I come back from the bathroom after a few minutes and my alarm was going because it was, um, I obviously hit a snooze. And I pass his bed, he looks up at me and goes, oh, this is ridiculous. Pretty much exactly like that. To which, see I'm questioning, did I say this now? But I did. How loudly did I say it? How directly? I'm not sure. But I said, so picture it, drag off huge giant think Ivan Drago from Rocky think Goliath from the Bible is um, says to me so I'm passing his bed he's about twice my size and he goes this is ridiculous and I stopped and said looked him straight in the eye and said oh you speak because this dude had been ignoring me the day before. He used to just look right through me when I said hi. Of course, if I wasn't so needy, I don't know though, that's, lots of people do that. You're in a hostel with fellow pilgrims, and you pass them and you nod and say hi. And the thing is, it's not just that he didn't say hi back, he's just looked right through me. Like I didn't exist. Heartbreaking and cruel behavior. Cruel, I tell you. So, uh, I like to think I got my own back. Anyway, somewhere along here, I think there's a hill coming up. I remember, so I got the head start on everyone, but of course I'm slow, especially when I'm on my own, which is which is always, uh, and uh, God, I'm not gonna break down in tears today, am I? I don't have time for that. I realize I gotta be up early most mornings. I gotta try and do this every morning or else it will fill 
very quickly can end up filling the hole here. If I do it every morning, I'll be done by August, by the fall, by autumn. Uh, let's get some water here. So anyway, this is ridiculous. And to which I reply, oh, you speak? As I raised one eyebrow. Well, I would have if I could have. It's not one of my skill. It's not in my skill set, my diverse skill set. The raising one eyebrow. I can barely raise two, can I? I can raise two. I just checked there. Um, so, of course, at some stage here, there's a big hill is going to appear to our left. And just before that hill, Ivan Dragov, let's call him the Terminator, actually. That sounds better. Passed by with his walking sticks. I sort of imagine his walking sticks making hydraulic robotic sounds as he walks by. And uh, it says, when Camino keeps going. And then he just motored up that hill. I mean, when I retell the story, I normally add a, um, I was going to say epithet, that's not the word, uh, a profanity, what's the other word I'm looking for, to the end of it. I'm not going to do that now. But I have him saying, buen camino, and then a word that the Terminator might add to it. Starting with M, two words, sort of joined together. First one starts with M for mother. Actually, I've said enough. That's how I imagine it in my head. Buen camino, mother beep. But he just said, buen camino. And then, as I said, the walking sticks were like hydraulic extensions of his arms and he just motored up the hill he just ate that hill up I'd say I mean I've only recovered from the hill now but that hill is still recovering from him you know so oh suddenly I come to the end of that story it was all building up to that point when Camino Maza beep the fan on. Uh, so yeah, yesterday I figured out a plan about if I lived in the 50s, how I would have slandered Elvis Presley's name all over the place. But I kind of made that, let's call it a joke, uh, for want of a better word, made that up on the spot, on the spot. <laughs> I made that up on the spot yesterday. I mean, I just had the idea, loose idea about slandering Elvis Presley, and then you're up in court and he's saying, well, Your Honor, he has slandered my name all over the place. Which, that's the kind of thing that goes on in my head and makes me smile wryly to myself as I pass the day. Um, Mitzi's thoughts coming on the going. That's the kind of thing that goes through my head. So of course I started spouting it on the treadmill, but that could be reworked into a much into an actual joke, perhaps. But I'm thinking, you know, my references are so outdated, like. Everyone's crazy to get the young folk right on board, I think, are they? Listening and watching their stuff. Uh, I haven't a hope of the young folk. Mind you, they've no money anyway. But no, I think what you want is, is it 18 to 35? I haven't a hope of getting them. And... Like Elvis references, that's even be, you know, I wouldn't even get me with that. Well, I'd get some of me, but I'm like, 
He was big in the 50s through into the 60s, right? But not as big then. Did he, when did he die? Was it 60s or 70s? I think he went as far as the 70s, he was the Vegas years. I, I haven't a clue about dates and years. But yeah, if you, if you want to get the young folk listening to your podcast, uh, I don't think Elvis is the way to go. Then I was also thinking, you know, I was saying for my, anytime I say something deep, in quotation marks, deep, heavy, meaningful, spiritual, holy, or whatever, that isn't me just talking, you know, nonsense. I think I need a, a, a um, what did it, not a blurb, uh, a, not a tinkle, uh, on a radio station. I had the word yesterday. Oh, now, is this hill, the famous hill is coming up to our left. Actually, doesn't look as big now. The Terminator probably lowered it a bit when he climbed it. And there's someone ahead of us. Imagine if we passed the Terminator again. Imagine if, if I saw one person that I remembered, which is possible, he did his Camino BK a year after mine. So two shadowy figures in front of him. I'm not gonna do the whole, one of them has a knife routine. Did that yesterday. I've done the one of them has a gun routine once, just to wake people up. Well, uh, Gotta be careful, that might actually happen for real and then no one will believe me. Like the boy who cried wolf. Um, wonder when that story started. Being the first boy who cried wolf, little did you know you'd become famous or kind of infamous. Like, if he cried wolf three times, and then the third time, no one believed him, and the whole village, half the village was eaten by a wolf. And then he was still alive. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Hey, who's that guy? Oh, that's the boy who cried wolf. Yeah, we don't like him. He's uh, not very popular around here. Well, he ate my mother for one thing. Well, not him. Sorry, the wolf ate my mother because the boy who cried wolf. Let's call him, I was gonna say David, but we've done David from the Bible, so let's call him Paul. Paul, that's, oh, that's Paul, the boy who cried wolf. I mean, you'd never live that down, would you? Maybe it even says it on his headstone. The boy who cried wolf. Still. People who do anything for a bit of fame nowadays. So, they'd probably put him on a reality show. If he was around now, he'd be like Nasty Nick in, uh, in, uh, in uh, the first British, uh, what was that show? Oh, that silly show, Big Brother. I remember somebody telling me excitedly that Nasty Nick had been evicted from the house. But the other main item in the news in the real world was that the Russian submarine, the Kursk, had gone down. And imagine those men had died in a watery grave. I don't know. I still think that was slightly more newsworthy than Nasty Nick being evicted from, from uh, Big Brother House. I don't want to underplay the significance of Nasty Nick being evicted. It was should have been second in the news, maybe. Yeah, I think it was on Channel 4 News. Channel 4 used to run Big Brother. I think, well, let's just say it for the purpose of drama. I think that was ahead of the Kursk submarine story. It probably wasn't, but I think it was. Um, so yeah, the boy who cried wolf. I'm gonna call him Paul. I wanna give him a regular English surname. 
Of course, nothing is coming to mind. When I'm on the treadmill, I just... It's like when I was trying to imagine going out for dinner with famous people in New York. The only person I could think of was Serena Williams. Which... I would like to go for dinner with her, I'd say. She's got some good stories. Um, and today... So we've decided his name is Paul, the boy who cried wolf. And... Okay, Smith. I'm really not doing well on the imagination front today. So, in the Big Brother house today, celebrity Big Brother, we have Paul Smith from Coventry. Of course, Big Brother, when I remember it, they always had a Newcastle accent. The, the um, announcer. I'm not going to try that, am I? <laughs> Every time I say that, I then proceed to try it. Dear six. No, am I going? No, I'm not going to do it. Dear six. Paul Smith from Coventry. No, forget the accent. Paul Smith from Coventry has joined the house. Paul, also known as the boy who cried wolf. This old village was wiped out by a wolf after crying wolf three times. He's a hated figure by the public. How will the others react when he enters the house? It, it would kind of be his attempt to redeem himself. I think... Juan Camino, I think um, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. That's where I'd send him. I've barely watched any of that, but I, I know the gist of it. People would enjoy watching him just, I don't know, doing eating insects or doing all that weird stuff over there. Paul Smith from Coventry, the boy who cried wolf, has won. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Way. Turns out everybody loves him. Yeah. That'd be nice. And then he gets married, and gets famous, has kids. And Mr. Nice Guy on in Hello magazine and everything. But then, you know, character being what it is, he just, I reckon he ends up crying. Not wolf, I don't know, hyena or something, three times. Or actually, Dingo. That's the one. He's in Australia. And on a family holiday. And he cries dingo three times and then the dingo took his baby. And then he's like, oh. I knew it. He's a bad one. He's a bad one, all right. Still, still infamy is as good as fame. So, Paul Smith from Coventry. The first boy who cried wolf is, uh, I think he's, as long as he's on the tabloids, he's happy. Okay, I've pretty much uh, done all I can with that, that interesting anecdote. Is it a tidbit or a tidbit? It's spelled tidbit, but we say tidbit. Don't we? 38 minutes in, okay. Not doing too bad. Um, hmm. I'll have some water, think of something else. So we covered the Terminator, the Camino Terminator. And we covered the first boy who cried wolf, uh, Paul Smith from Coventry. And uh, we covered my knees being banjaxed. So I have sticks here. So I'm walking along. The Camino Terminator overtakes me. Some, somewhere around here, I just remember him powering down that lane and then turning left and powering up the hill. As I said, the sticks were... I mean, it wasn't just the sticks. They were an extension of his body. He was basically, uh, as I can best recall, your Honour, 
Uh, it is my understanding that he was, a, I suppose, a cyborg, cybernetic sort of, you know, Terminator type thing. Oh, most definitely from the future, Your Honor. Okay. I'm gonna have to go to my notes. I'm like one of those presenters with the big cardboard cards. They don't do that anymore, do they? Better put my phone on mute. It's uh, just after 8 a.m. My phone will start hopping with all my friends and lovers calling me. Uh, let's have a look here. Google Keep, okay. That's where I keep my notes. <laughs> I still have happy, clappy atheists and the notes. I'm not getting rid of that because we haven't got to the bottom of that one yet. CNN's coverage continues next. I've dealt with that one already. That was me saying sometimes they don't even make an effort to say what's coming up next. They're just CNN's coverage continues next. I'm like, okay, I'm with you. Uh, Elvis blue suede shoes. Oh yeah, I've got a note under that. So we covered blue suede shoes. And I admit, if I'd worked it out, if you're gonna prank Elvis, what you have to, well, I need to read the song again, but basically what you'd have to do is knock him down, slap him on the face, drain his liquor from an old fruit jar within eyesight, obviously. If he doesn't see it, that's not gonna work. And uh, then on top of that, do anything you want. Do anything you wanna do. And then, but don't do just, well, anything except don't touch his shoes. It would help if he was wearing his blue suede shoes at the time. And I suppose at the time when the song came out, since he was so obsessed with these shoes, there's a reasonable chance he was. I'm just, I'm just rehashing this joke now because I figured it out more. And then, oh, and then you slander his name in a few different places, like, I'm thinking just within the US. Do it in, doesn't have to be all 50 states. Or what's that one they talk about? All 48 of the lower, yeah, just half of the lower 48 states, whatever they are. No, that's just, honestly, New York, LA, uh, Memphis, and, uh, Montana, there you go. And uh, that should do the trick. So, he'll bring you to court for slander. You really should, just thinking about it, you should do the slander in Ireland or the UK because our libel laws are, not, you know, meeker here. No, a lot stronger, anyway. I'm, I'm overthinking this, the, the, the opportunity has passed. But then you have the libel case, or the slander case, is that the same thing? And then, uh, anyway, it's, it's all a prank, you see. And then Elvis, it's all filmed, it's a TV show, with lots of hidden cameras and disguises and things. Elvis is up in court and the judge is there saying, well, uh, Mr. Presley, would you care to, uh, sum up, well, would Elvis sum up the charges though? I mean, uh, no, I, he'd have to, they'd say, could you just, would you care to repeat the uh, charges that they brought here against the defendant, Mr. Finland here? Well, uh, Your Honor, he, uh, first of all, he uh, knocked me down, and then he slapped my face, and then he uh, judged anything else. Did he slander you, for instance? Oh, yes, Your Honor, he slandered my name all over the place. And uh, the judge says, did he do anything else that he wanted to do? And he said, Elvis said, oh, yeah, he, he did anything else that he wanted to do. And the judge says, that it, Mr. Presley? Uh, yes, sir, I do believe that's it. You sure uh, he didn't, like... <laughs> step on your shoes or anything, Mr. Presley? Uh, no, Your Honor, I don't believe so. 
like your <clears throat> your blue suede shoes by any chance. <laughs> At which point people start smirking. And then Elvis goes, hold on a second. You're having a laugh. And uh, obviously not in that accent. And next thing a guitar materializes. Elvis sings the whole song. That's it now, I've worked it out a bit better now. <sighs> Maybe that happened. Not like I know everything that happened in Elvis's life. I don't remember, but I don't remember reading the great blue suede shoes libel case or slander case. Um, but Elvis, of course, conspiracy theories, right? I mean, people are saying he's still alive in his blue suede slippers. Like, are they still saying he's still alive? He'd be pretty old now. Um, anyway, same kind of people are saying, don't get vaccinated. Bill Gates is Satan and he's got microchips in the vaccine. Sounds perfect, perfectly reasonable to me. I be, my parents got vaccinated the other day. I was uh, telling them, yeah, make sure you get the Bill Gates one with the microchip. Because they'd probably bring out a product and you can log in to Microsoft. Where's my parents.com? Keep tabs on them. Pretty handy. See, that's the thing with all this evil technology. You know, it's pretty handy as well. Uh, around here looks familiar. Everything looks familiar. Oh, there's a guy in front of him. Stop it. What's he doing? Where's she? I can't make anything out. Oh, he's blurred his face. When Camino? Oh my God! It's Ivan Dragov. When Camino Maza beep. I can hear him catching up with him. Get out of the way! No! It's Dragov. He'll become a legend on the Camino. The guy who chewed up the scenery. <laughs> chewed up the scenery. That's totally wrong phrase. Chewing up the scenery makes means you did a great performance, doesn't it? <coughs> Outacted everybody or something. Chewing up the Camino. Ivan Dragov. When Camino Mazov. Okay. Anyway, Elvis, Bill Gates, conspiracy theories. Keep them coming in. Let's just take some water here. I'm so behind in my book. What I need to do when I finish the walk, quick shower, right for half an hour. And it's gotta be magic. Deadline. It's just always have deadlines, but I'm always behind. It's okay. People have suggested to me that doing the Camino on a treadmill is a way of avoiding the book. <coughs> no comment. I plead the fifth. I actually think in the ideal world it would help because get up early, do the treadmill. I feel when I get up and do it early, it's great. When I don't, then I have two things that I'm not getting around to. The, the Camino and my book. So if I finish today, do a little bit on the book, that's a good start. And uh, hopefully have some energy in the evening for some more writing. Uh, how are we doing time-wise? Got 11 minutes to go. Hope you're all doing well out there. It's been a good one today, hasn't it? Oh yes. Today has it all. Drama, comedy, intrigue. I better look at my notes. Okay. Last note was Elvis and Bill Gates. John F. Kennedy Jr. apparently is out there somewhere. Planning a few surprises for us all. Should be fun. Skoda Octavia. Why did I write that? Oh yeah. I was thinking, in my head, 
I'm not into cars, but in my head, if I was a car, well, I have a Toyota Prius. I'm one of these people who thinks that's kind of cool. I don't mean in a kind of virtue signaling way. I just like the look of them. I feel like I'm in LA, even though I'm in outside Galway in the west of Ireland. Just having a Prius makes me feel like I'm in LA. It's also my first automatic car, and I ain't going back. A lot of Irish people are snobby about that. Oh, I need the manual. Oh, Jesus, I wouldn't get the automatic. I'm like, what are you, a rally driver? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so, I got a Prius, so I can fantasize I'm in LA. And uh, works best when I'm stuck in traffic. I remember when I was planning getting it. Like, you know, if I was planning getting a, I don't know what, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or a Porsche or whatever, you'd be fantasizing about the open road and putting the boot down, I imagine. <laughs> I was stuck in traffic in my old diesel Golf. And I was about to get the Prius. I think I was meant to have it, but there was a delay or something. And I was stuck in traffic and was going, oh man, the Prius would be perfect for this. <laughs> That's my kind of fantasy. You know, like, you would switch to electric mode, saving fuel, saving the environment, of course. And uh, that was my fantasy. So yeah, anytime I'm stuck in traffic, I'm like, oh yeah, living the dream. Um, but, so, yeah, if someone compared me to a Prius, I go, that's okay. They're, I think they're a kind of cool mix of technology. I even like the look of them. Apparently lots of people think they're ugly. Now, does he go left here? At some stage he has to go left for the hill. I don't see any arrows. Um, so he's not, okay. I hear some bird song, that's always nice. So, um, where were we? Oh, I've got to put my speed up, yeah. For the, I'm going to go at 4.8 because my phone isn't recording enough hard points. So. Uh, oh, yeah. But I don't think I'm even a Prius. Like, if I was a Prius, I guess that would mean, yeah. Yeah, James is like a Prius. Some people think he's ugly. Most people think he's ugly, but some people like that look. He's a bit kind of techy, you know, a little bit nerdy. Yeah. A little bit cool, though, in, in his own little world. But I think, like, the kind of cool I am, first of all, I'm not cool, but the only cool I can aim for now, he's 49. Was there a jump cut there in the cameras? It stopped. BK has stopped. I think I'm at 4.8, I'm suddenly uh, feeling it. Um, where was I? Oh yeah, so, the only hope of cool I have now is not, I, it's like, I don't care, I'm so uncool and I don't care that that exudes its own type of coolness. That's, I know, what does it come to? I have sunk this low. That's the goal between now and the end of my life. Well, can I even manage that? Um, let's keep listening to find out. But yeah, I read a review of, for some reason, the Skoda Octavia car, which uh, I was considering getting at one stage, and it's, the review was in Top Gear magazine. They were saying, um, you know, it's, a t it's an uncool car. However, the fact you don't care exudes its own type of cool. I mean, they actually gave it a good review and they ended with that, and I thought, I guess that's where I got the great idea. That set the benchmark for me. What I'm trying to say is, I think 
I've set, I could set the bar of coolness at Prius. Obviously, I'm not going to set it at, you know, Porsche, Lamborghini, Ferrari, whatever. They're the only performance cars I can think of. But I could set it at Prius and maybe not even make it that far. Um, I'd be trying to achieve Prius standard and then someone would see me putting the wrong piece of litter in the wrong bin and it's gone. Blown away. Tabloid headlines. Uh, ruined. Former Camino on a treadmill presenter, you know, caught breaking environmental rules or something. Anyway, back to the topic. See, when I go at 4.8 kilometers, not that it's fast, I can't think, because <laughs> it's faster than my brain. Um, so I think I should aim for Skoda Octavia. In other words, that's, that's the best I can make. It's like he's totally uncool, but he's so at peace with his own coolness that that in itself exudes its own cool. It sounds like a real fudge, doesn't it? It sounds like, I don't know. Only someone as uncool as me would aim for that one. But uh, let's see if we can make it. Oh, bike, bicycles, Buen Camino, get a bell. Ding, ding. The attack of the killer bicycles. <sighs> Man, I used to get so annoyed by them. Not so much here. It's just when you're going down a narrow path, a uh, windy path, and they come flying down, screaming at you to get out of the way. Not really, not really screaming. They make some stupid noise. But, like, just get a bloody bell, you macho uh, person. Oh man, some of the language that came out of me when I was tired and cyclist fly by. One guy I screamed at. I was particularly distraught that day. <laughs> he gave me the finger. <laughs> and then I shouted an awful obscenity at him. Don't know if he understood it, but then I I sort of did this thing blessing him with my hand, like the way the Pope would bless people. <laughs> Just to undo the square. That was probably quite arrogant of me, thinking he needs my blessing. Of course I did that for myself. For my own inner healing. Now, gotta be near the end. Because I am running on fumes here. 57, 43, 44, okay. Yeah. So just two minutes now. I could do two minutes, ask you to join me in silence. Or I could. Well, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna slow this down to four kilometers an hour. Okay, I don't care about the hard points anymore. Let's see what Google Fit has on me. If they're reporting back to HQ. 26 hard points. Okay. okay. Apparently I need 150 of those a week. Yeah. It's possible. So, uh, let's check the notes. Have we even got as far as the hill? Or is there another hill? Let's go to Octavia. Saying please to Google Assistant. Oh yeah. Every time I go, hey Google, you know. Oh God, it's just <laughs> it's just beeped. Oh no, it stopped the video. I think. It, oh my God. It's actually okay. I can hear the walking underneath. I gotta stop this Google video. What? This Google Assistant. Oh my God, I have. Okay, my video stopped. Because I said, hey Google, and the phone on which I'm watching this, which is not my main phone, Google Assistant popped up. And the video stopped. But it was nearing the end. I'll just walk, and uh, let's see, my treadmill is telling me. 
Uh, walked over 60 minutes. So, I guess that's it. Um, okay, enough nonsense for one day. Uh, buen Camino. God bless. See you tomorrow. Okay.